the bump and run, the Bristol move. That's aggressive, but it's that's good, good hard racing. Oh, oh him out of the green there. Oh, man. Will he get the bumper? Yes, he does. Here comes Legato. Legato on the inside. A drag race. They're sideways. And it's going to be Legato getting the win. The back end of the 18 kick out. Yeah, he got into it right there. there. Moved him out of the way. Just oh, got the lead. Almost too early to be racing that hard for the lead, wasn't it? Never too early to be racing that hard at Bristol. At Bristol. Man, this is one of the biggest wins of my career. It's the bump and run, baby! Uh, yeah, welcome to the Bump and Run Podcast. I'm your host, Michael D. White, joined by my two best friends, Matt the Statman Riley and Eric Daytona Ron. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys had yourselves a Christopher Busher type of weekend. He was, he was the big winner in Michigan, bringing home the title back to Ford once again. Uh, huge win back to back, not only in Richmond, but Michigan. And fun fact, Kevin Harvick did the same exact thing last year, just opposite. Harvick won Michigan and then went back to back at Richmond the next year. So big congratulations to RFK. We forgot our hats today. It's a Tuesday again, and we're off. Uh, but boys, make sure you like, share, subscribe podcast available every Monday night, except for the last like four weeks, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon music, iHeartRadio and more. I think in two weeks too, I think I might have to request a Tuesday, uh, 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 show again. You got some stuff going on. This is when you're supposed to be out and doing things. You know, it's all right. This is our summer stretch slump that we're having here. You know, like Noah, like Noah and Christopher Bell have been having here. Well, Noah's, yeah, Noah's no. in his own uh, world of hurt. We'll talk about that during the NASCAR yeah, no, don't, uh, news. Don't, don't, don't worry about Eric's comparison with us and, and Noah. Don't just ignore that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to get roped up in that. Um, but yeah, make sure you like, share, subscribe. We're available on Twitter, Bump and Run Pod, and uh, interact with us. We're getting bored over there. Although I haven't been tweeting much either. Uh, but fellas. How's your weekend? I saw Eric on Saturday uh, during a uh, softball tournament. Uh, Matt, how was your weekend? Uh, do anything interesting? Anything cool with the family? It was good. Um, what did we do? This was a weekend where we kind of had like nothing really going on, which is nice. Um, well, I went to a graduation party on Sunday. Um, and then uh, I uh, we were just talking about it before we signed on here. I'm starting to get into hunting mode in northeastern Pennsylvania archery season is right around the corner in October so I uh, put the game cam up threw some feed down uh, just got a giant bear on my cam I just showed you guys so uh, starting to kind of get into the fall mindset right now with football starting back up and hunting you know getting ready for that so I'm we're getting ready for the NASCAR playoffs, right? We're three races away from the NASCAR playoffs. So like we're oh, having yeah. face first into like my absolute favorite time of year. Like I thrive from September through, you know, whatever, December, January. So I'm i uh, I'm super excited about what's to come the rest of this year. Matt's wearing his hoodie. He's getting ready for hoodie weather already. And you want to know what hoodie weather it out was, there, man? It was, I, I, it was chilly today. 70 degrees in Pennsylvania dropping down to like 50 at night. I'm not ready for it. The summer's flying too quick. How about you, Eric though? What'd you do this weekend besides that softball tournament? How'd it go? I, I, I know there was some controversy in the first game, uh, and that's why I saw you after that. I, I didn't see how the second game went, though. Yeah, um, you know how all those go. They 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 always pair us against the uh, all star teams, and you know we always end up you know starting 
too slow and ended up having to come back at the end. Not able to happen. Mm. And I got on base. I made a couple of nice catches. You know, I, I did my part, but uh, you know, once the, once the booze starts to hit you as the day goes on and, and the sun, you know, is just beating on you and you're just, <laughs> you're standing out there. It gets, it gets pretty tough to, to catch and swing a baseball bat. I, I was going to ask, did the slow start have anything at all to do with the fact that you guys started partying at like 11 AM? That, that had something to do with it. Yes, <laughs> it, it definitely did. Um, but I, I still got the wheels. I ran so fast to first base, uh, the bottom of my cleat ripped right off. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I still got it. Those cleats were probably from 2007. So had to retire those bad boys. And, uh, Hey, once a year, I have to bring out that inner athlete. I don't do much. So, you know, for the charity stuff, I'll go golfing once a year. I'll play softball once a year. Um, uh, but it was, it was a good time. It was, it was a, a nice weekend. And uh, it, it it all goes to charity for the fallen warriors of our local high school that we we all grew up with here, and uh, it, it it it's a good cause. Oh yeah, a- absolutely, and uh, it's just fun seeing everybody too. Um, I had a pretty low key weekend. Town, it's like it kind of felt like the Sandlot. You know what I mean? Like it had that that summer that that Saturday summer night, you know, with the fireworks and, and just an event going on, little league food. You know, it's just yeah. like. It just it had that real summer feel to it. It it really did feel like the Sandlot. I didn't watch any of the baseball games. I went to hang out with you guys at uh, our buddy Kevin's house, who's like right down the block. But like people are walking in, walking out. I had a cooler full of beer in the back of my car, so like I'm walking out to the streets to grab fresh beer. I'm like, man, I literally thought to myself, I go, man. This is what summertime's all about. Just right, hanging out right. by a pool, <laughs> hanging out with your buddies and stuff. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a good weekend. And then Sunday, man, uh, the rain kind of put a little bit of hinder uh, early on. But uh, we saw half of a race, and then we saw another half of a race later on. And uh, uh, we'll get into it soon. But you guys want to jump right into the NASCAR news? Here. All right, so I only have a couple pieces of uh, a couple a couple stories. Uh, the first one, NASCAR Hall of Fame voting was this week. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, and Donnie Allison are all being inducted into the uh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I almost said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm so used to hearing Rock and Roll Hall of Fame referenced all the time. Uh, but And then Janet Guthrie uh, will receive the Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR. I'll touch on her in a second for uh, a nice little NASCAR history. But boys, what do you guys think about Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, and Donnie Allison being inducted? Uh, and surprisingly, Jimmy Johnson was not uh, was not a unanimous decision. I think three people voted no on the ballot. What do you guys think about that? I'll tell you what. When I saw that um, that Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss had, had finally finally gotten into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I, I I couldn't be more surprised. You know, it's one of those deals where are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it? Have they done enough in their career? And no, uh, obviously the whole <laughs> world knew that they were getting in. And obviously Donnie Allison for everything that he's done in the sport, well-deserving. And Janet Guthrie, I know you're going to touch on her in a second, uh, much deserving. But uh, bullshit that uh, that Jimmy didn't get in unanimously. You know, we I know that the whole debate in the NASCAR world has been going on for a week now, so we're a little behind the eight ball. But um, I know we could talk about it here because we all have the same opinions where it's not a popularity contest. You know, as a voter, you have 
Um, to my understanding, anyway, as a voter, you have one responsibility, and that is to vote in the two candidates that make or the three candidates, whatever it is, that make that deserve it the most. Yeah. And there's nobody in the world on that ballot or off that ballot that deserve the the the, the NASCAR Hall of Fame more than Jimmy Johnson. So um, it's a shame. You know, I don't know if it's a mindset of, hey, uh, you know, we know he's going to get in. So I'm going to vote for somebody else. I maybe, maybe like on a personal level a little bit more just to see if they can get in. You know, that's kind of a bullshit mentality. If you ask me, you know, vote for the person who deserves the, the, the most. And uh so I don't know. I don't know if, what the what the plan is going forward. Maybe publicize the votes going forward to, to hold these people accountable. But it seemed like a lot of the voters were were really pissed off that Jimmy didn't get in unanimously. And of course, Jimmy Johnson, Mister Cool, probably didn't give a shit. No, probably not. But you want to? I bet you a little bit where you're like, I know, like Jimmy's a very humble driver, but like he knows he's he's the greatest driver of all time, if not one of the greatest drivers of all time, seven time champion. And you know what? Five he knows the three row. people that probably didn't vote for him too. He probably knows what he did to the three voters. He definitely yeah. knows who the voters are. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, you sons of bitches. He definitely knows who those voters are. Someone sneaked it to him. Yeah. At least just to him. Somebody knows and found out. And they definitely that's, I, I, you know, Matt couldn't have said it any better. I agree with everything that Matt said um, to not do that. It's a vote. Like you're just being petty about something at that point in time. And, and man, it's just like, even moody, like even a lot of the people, like, were just like, show yourself, whoever you are, you should be like, and he was calling them out. And like, dude, there were people in the industry that were like, (laughs) fucking mad, really upset about it. Like, they were mad. Like you don't see, like, it was (laughs) really upset. Like, real mad. To see them tweet that. Like type of tweet, you know, like they were mad, like, like genuinely Jeff, pissed. Like Jeff Gluck, Jordan Bianchi, like all these yeah. people, they were calling for Pistol, Pistol Pete was one of them. Yeah. And like, I just, I just want to know the reasoning and I hope it's, I hope it's not, well, no one's perfect. No one should get in unanimous, you know, and they're just going to be like the one guy to vote against them, you know, just to vote against them. Cause you know, he's already making it in, you know, he's making the first right. ballot. Right. I just I, e- even then, you know, everyone is voting for him. So, you know, that that vote, whatever you do, it's not going to matter anyway, because yeah. it, it, it should have been unanimous. And, and but but there's you even mean that one guy. It's like, yeah, you there might. Well, there was what, three. So I think maybe, maybe we have to be looking for that clout. Like I was the one to screw Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. right here. Or, or like, Ultimate oh, job. or like, oh, no one's perfect. No one deserves a 10 type deal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I had, I don't know if anybody deserved it. It was, it was him. that's what Matt said. Like, it's like this isn't like if anybody out there does deserve that ten, it, it's him. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, essentially, we'll never get a unanimous decision. No, like that's that's what that's what they're saying is there's we're never ever going to get a unanimous decision, which is weird. Like whatever, but yeah, and and of course Chad Canales is crew chief for a lot of those uh, a lot of those wins and and I believe all of those championships, right? All seven, all yeah. seven championships. Yep. Yeah, because he was he was only with Jimmy for what his last two seasons. He didn't run with Jimmy, so yeah, just as deserving as a crew chief. I mean, one of the greatest crew chiefs of all time. And, uh, and Donnie Allison, one of the Allison brothers, one of the Alabama gang, one of the, the originals, uh, we all know that 1979 Daytona 500 fight. So like that was a monumental part of the sport deserves it in that part. And then if you don't know who Janet Guthrie is, 
uh, she has a pretty interesting story. Uh, I know uh, probably a lot of our listeners are younger like us, and uh, they might not know the uh, the pioneers of the sport, but she was actually an aerospace engineer who left her career to race. Uh, she did some indie racing. She did NASCAR. Uh, she was one of the first women to race in NASCAR, although not the first one. Uh, I forget who the first one was. It was like 1949, uh, a woman raced in NASCAR. Uh, but her first race was the World 600 in 1976. She was the first woman to complete that. She also raced in the 1977 Daytona 500 and Indy 500 in the same year, becoming the first woman to race in both events. Uh, her 33 race career ended in 1980 at our home track of Pocono. And uh, she was part of the first, I thought this was the most interesting. She was part of the first class induction into the International Women's Sports Hall of Fame. So it just goes to show you uh, what an accomplishment someone in the NASCAR world and IndyCar world uh, made just in uh, in general of women's sports. And her helmet and fire suit are on display at the Smithsonian Institute. She's a total badass for her time. Uh, probably still a badass old lady. I can't wait to hear her speech. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she's got some cool stories to tell because back in the day, I mean, it's hard enough being a woman in motorsports today. You look at some of the stuff that happens to Haley Deegan on the track and off the track. I couldn't imagine it being in the seventies. You have a bunch of good old boys from the South. They're not, they're not, they're not taking it easy on anybody. You know, it, it, it's definitely hard enough being a woman in the sport today, let alone back then. I mean, you just got to take one look at what happened with Joey Logano at Pocono, having a hard time getting his, his rig hooked up. Women have it tough in this sport. Absolutely. Uh, women definitely have it tough in the sport. Joey Logano definitely had his panties in a bunch. <laughs> that, that first female driver in NASCAR was Sarah Christian. And uh, you nailed it. Whitey 1949 was that race. There you go. Thank you for looking that up, Matt. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's all I have for, um, for the hall of fame news. You guys have anything to add to that? Uh, anything on those guys? Well right. deserving for all of them. All right. Uh, speaking of IndyCar, we're heading to the Indy Road Course this week, but Goodyear will run a tire test on the Indy Oval. So uh, I think that's a pretty good indicator that the Oval will return in 2024. What do you guys think about that? I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to. So I've heard from from multiple um, just online, nothing directly to me, obviously, but I've heard from multiple sources online that, yeah, that's that's the direction we're pretty much going to get the oval back next year. And I'm excited because, yeah, it was a, it was it was a snoozer when we were running on that oval. But like with this new car, like, let's see what it can do. Let's why not. Right. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, I think it could put on um, almost the same style of racing we saw at Michigan, you know, where it, when you do have those long green flag runs, they're at least exciting green flag runs. And I, I just think a lot of the drivers kind of wanted to go back there as well. Um, I, I mean, the Indy road course thing, I, I think that kind of has run its course with all the mayhem that kind of happens. Yeah. And it, it just kind of, I think what the Chicago street course did versus this Indy road course, um, I don't know. I think they're going away from those hard, just drive in and cause mayhem type of made up rovals, as you want to call them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I think it belongs in the sport. You know, I know it's an IndyCar thing. The Brickyard, they talk about it. It it, it still means something in NASCAR, I think. And I think that's where the drivers, they, they want to get back there and win there and kiss those bricks. 
I, I agree. Like something, something about, you know, seeing them kiss the bricks on the indie road course just didn't have the same feeling no, right. as it, it does. Doesn't have that effect. Because, because like you said, it's, it's a legend, a legendary venue, you know, all of the history. I know it's an indie car thing, but like, I feel like NASCAR definitely has its place there and, and it belongs in, in our history and our lore too. Uh, and you want to know what I would, I would love to see this. I don't know how it would work logistically, but I would love to see the Xfinity cars on the road course on Saturday and then the cup cars on the oval on Sunday in a weekend. I think that'd be really interesting just to break up just that, that double header weekend, just to see something different. What do you guys think about that? You think, uh, that would be interesting to see. Pushing the logistics off to the side. Yeah, I would love to. But then again, maybe it's not that bad. I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea what goes into setting up the, the Roval. But yeah, I, why not? Because IndyCar again, or I'm sorry, Xfinity Car um, has its own identity. They're getting away. They're doing their own thing with the CW in a couple years. So uh, yeah, let them do their own thing. And, and yeah, I want to see the big guys on, on the actual um, Oval though. Yeah. yeah, my main thing is just this this new next-gen car, I think it deserves a shot. You know, we talk about getting rid of racetracks and adding new ones and building new ones, um, you know, and we're talking about all of that before we actually even see this car on any of these racetracks or how this car responds to them. And now we're kind of getting a better idea, second year in, of how this new next-gen car responds to certain styles of racing. And if they can't fix the car, we'll bring this car to the tracks that it will work at. And um, I think the 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 indie the indie oval is definitely definitely worth bringing back. Yeah, Ken Benedy, if you're listening, uh, let's make it happen, man. I know you're in charge yeah. of the schedule now. Uh, actually, I heard an interview with Elton Sawyer today on uh, the Morning Drive on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90, and uh, he roundabout kind of alluded to it, where he's like, "Yeah, you know, we're looking into the options. You know, Ben loves to switch up the schedule now. So uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping not only do we get a schedule really soon within like the next month or two, uh, but that the Indy Oval is on it. Uh, the next piece I have is the Dale Jr. Foundation is doing their glove auction again. Uh, 60 drivers will auction off their gloves from the Bristol race uh, weekend for the Dale Jr. Foundation's charity which is a really cool, uh, cool event. Uh, I think the website's live now. If you go to, uh, I don't know if it's junior, uh, like dirtymo.com or one of those will definitely have it. Uh, but you could go and, uh, bid on your favorite NASCAR drivers gloves. Maybe if you have enough cash, pony it up and, uh, you get a little signed gloves in the mail. Um, and then man, I, I hate talking about this type of stuff, but, uh, Noah Gregson, he's been suspended first by legacy motor club, uh, for liking a meme about the George Floyd murder. And then uh, NASCAR ended up following suit. Uh, as of now, the latest update from Bob Pachris, there was a news report this morning that he had officially been released from his contract with Legacy. Uh, and then that Jim Utter, I believe, uh, broke it next where he was like, I talked to Legacy, no official word in. And then Bob Pachris with the uh, the latest update uh, in quotes, with no return date set, the team has been reaching out to drivers about filling Gregson's seat for the upcoming races. The team has no additional update beyond the next two weeks and is in discussions with Gregson about his future with the team. Now, this is also coming off of last week's news segment where we we're talking about rumor has it that John Hunter Nemechek 
might be uh, taking that seat for 2024. Noah Gregson, of course, under a one-year contract. And then in that same interview with Elton Sawyer on Sirius XM, uh, he said Noah's path to get back and released is the typical, um, you have to go through your sensitivity training, all that stuff and uh, and whatnot. What do you guys think about the Noah Gregson news? I feel like I have to say something. Yeah. This isn't going to make any sense to the audio listeners, but but while you were reading that very, very serious piece of information – I was I was holding back laughter and and I know the optics behind it with with what you were talking about aren't great. Yeah. But while you were reading that and having a very serious moment in our show, doing? And just bear with us because we're not good with the serious stuff. Is that Eric was like sw- <laughs> Eric was like swatting a flyer or something out of a bug <laughs> down into his room? Like a gigantic bug just flew like behind me, and I got startled, dude. Like there's these big cicada things. That are outside, dude. Like it sounded like one, just like you know when they're hitting against the wall and doesn't yeah. know where to go and just mm-hmm. smashing into it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I heard it. I'm like, what is and going then, on? And, and the man saw me turn, and it, it was. Just- <laughs> it doesn't help when we lock eyes too, and like we know that we're both oh. trying to like we're not supposed to be laughing during this type of conversation. <laughs> so like, I apologize. It's a serious conversation. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm sorry for the optics there, but uh, I was wondering. Yeah, so I, so bullshit, obviously. For the audio listener, I'm reading off my iPad here, and uh, and I look back into the camera, and Matt's eyes are like wide open. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, all right, I'm glad to explain that because I didn't. That's what, that's what happened. So it's a Tuesday show. We go off the rails. We're so off the rails, maybe already. Buckle in. So, um, yeah, just going back to the Gregson thing, you know, there's nothing to say to defend the guy. It was a stupid, stupid decision, lapse of judgment, whatever you want to call it. There's no defending it. Uh, What happened to him getting suspended and definitely is the right thing to do by NASCAR and by legacy. And, uh, you know, let's hope it's it's you know, he learns from this and he moves on like, uh, you know, much like what what happened with Kyle Kyle Larson. And, uh, you know, I'd hate to see a career get ruined over something like this. And I'm not saying that it is getting ruined, but I think it's definitely going to go ahead and delay his progress within his career for a little while. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, it, there's no secret about like his, his on-track activity has sucked this year too. He's just, he's had a miserable year, but this definitely doesn't help his case. So yeah, he's got to go back and learn. He's got to do the sensitivity training and um, realize what he did wrong. And uh, hopefully he comes back a better person from it. Yeah, I think yeah, the whole thing is just a mess of, as far as like the news goes too. like, uh, I'm sure you guys notice like the back and forth, like, is he done? And then like LMC comes out and says he's not completely done yeah. yet. And then like Jim Utter says something else. And then this guy, it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's rough all around it's for everybody. I think, I think everybody's trying to really make sense of it all and, and really try to figure out what's going on. And um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where uh, you know, as, as a, company you know legacy motor club like you have to do the right thing and 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 you know get rid of them and and it's still a young kid that you also don't want to just abandon you know you, you got to think about that too i don't know if jimmy's like you know we'll do what we have to do but um you did say whitey like they are still gonna like have them go through all the the sensitivity training and yeah. and all of that stuff and um you know because it, it's especially after a whole year that he's had um one thing that we, we talk about a lot is mental health. Um, I, I would hope that, you know, he, he kind of keeps or has someone there to mentor him through um, this whole process. And, 
you know, because, you know, with the season he's had, he's already, you know, bummed out. And then, you know, he goes and and does this stupid mishap as well. And, um, you know, it just he he's probably in a really, really rough time. So um, as much as it sucks and you want to, you know, you could come at him for for his decision making. Um, he's also human as well. And, and and you know, I hope that he does find the right treatment and 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 does not, you know, get completely, completely sidetracked in his career through through this. And it is possible to come back as we saw with Kyle Larson. So um, it's just a weird, a weird situation that, that, that is going on right now. It doesn't help. Not that there's ever a good time to do this because what he did was wrong straight out, you know, again, not defending it, but you know, last week we had talked about in the news segment about the rumors swirling about John Hunter Nemechek taking over that, that car when they flip over to Toyota next year. So there's already smoke there about him losing his ride anyway. And then this happens, which again, doesn't help the the matter. So uh, yeah, just a mess and it stinks because he's, he's talented. And we've said here on the, on the show before, you know, the guy's got a a great rock star type personality, which, which is what NASCAR needs. Um, You know, Again, hope he just gets this, you know, cleared up and he moves on as a better person going forward because he has really what from the outside looking in has has a really good personality that NASCAR could use. Yeah, I was going to I was going to to your point, bring that up too. like the timing is just not great. Uh, I mean, obviously, the timing is not great for this type of thing anyways. And you have to look at it from Legacy's position too. not only like you have sponsors to deal like this is a business. Uh, you're representative of that business, their sport, uh, and, and there's like kids and stuff that look up to you. So like, there's a lot of different layers to it all. But like you said, we already saw smoke. I mean, in my mind, it's like any little thing at this point, you know, just give them a reason to get rid of you so they could go yeah, back that's pretty and put much John Hunter's ride now. It's, it's, yeah. set oh, it's now. only a matter of time before it becomes official. It, it might be announced next week. To be, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. to get everything rolling. And, and I wonder, uh, it make, kind of makes me wonder too, if that's why there's kind of this back and forth where like, oh no, he's still employed, whether it's like a legality because deal with his contract and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. there's, they're not ready to do it yet because there's all this other stuff that's in the works and like, whoa, 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 let's hold up. This isn't finished. Yeah. That is a good point too. There's probably other inner workings already with the deal with John Hunter, that, that, that does make sense. 100%. And and like we said, like there's still a path for him to get to NASCAR anyways, you know, uh, the NASCAR suspension is pretty much like he has to go through his training. We saw Haley Deegan have to do it last year after she used a, uh, a slur against, um, mentally disabled people or, or, uh, what should we call it? Uh, we saw again, Kyle Larson, great example. There's been a handful of these, these things. So like, this I'm not saying is going to be the end of Noah Gregson, but also the timing hasn't been worse because like last year he was a hot prospect. His performance on the track this year, not that great. So now it's, it's not like, Oh, well, you know, he's worth taking the risk. He might not be worth taking the risk at this point. He might yeah, find he's not Kyle Larson, you know, Kyle yeah. Larson got lucky. Kyle yeah. Larson was lucky that, you know, he had the talent that he had and, you know, I don't see Noah Gregson going out there, um, in, in his off time now and winning 57 dirt races out of a hundred that you enter, you know yeah, what I mean? I like I don't he's know not going to be going out running. You know what I mean? There's, it, he doesn't have that type of talent. And I don't think he has that type of talent. I don't think he has that type of money either. Like, you know, like Larson, right, was that's running, another thing. Yeah. Larson was running his own team. He was making a lot of money in the cup series for a lot of years before what happened to him happened. So like, I mean, Noah Gregson, who knows what his rookie contract is like. He might be paying legacy to run that car, you know, still. You never know. So uh, just unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation for everybody uh, involved. And 
you know, you just, you wish uh, these guys would, you know, just be a better representation of the sport too. You know, it, uh, it's easy to fall into these old stereotypes and stuff, which uh, obviously NASCAR has been trying to get away with for a lot That's of time. That's the now. other thing too, is like from the outside of this too. And I know, you know, we're not the victims in this, right. But mm-hmm. I like, uh, the headlines is another white NASCAR driver does another racist thing. And it's like, come yeah. on already. Yeah. So just, uh, just a bad look all around. We hope he, uh, we hope he learns from this whole entire situation. And, and like you said, becomes a, a better person, more thoughtful person, uh, because you know, he is in the public eye, but that's all I have for the NASCAR news. Uh, we got a race weekend to talk about. It feels like forever though, man. I don't know this. Uh, this one might be a rough one because we. I watched this race in pieces. It felt like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, but let's jump into the race weekend, which I don't. Man, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I don't have a sounder for this. But we had Xfinity and Cup on track. John Hunter Nemechek won the Xfinity race. I didn't see it. Did you guys see it? Because I heard there was some some controversy between him and some teammates, but I'm not exactly sure what happened. I didn't I see it. No. no. Okay. Uh, well, John Hunter Nemechek won. I know Pistol Pete gave him his wreckers. Uh, for something that happened with the teammate, I didn't get a chance to see it again Saturday. I was I was out all day long, and then uh, we saw a great Cup race over two days. Chris Busher led three times for fifty two laps, uh, which was very similar to how many laps he won. He led three times last week for like fifty eight or something like that, uh, and even the race time was very close. Uh, three hours, two minutes, and 59 seconds. We saw nine cautions for 43 laps. 26 lead changes among 16 different drivers. Your top five, Chris Buescher, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Larson. So RFK getting two top fives uh, two weeks in a row because, right, Brad Keselowski finished in the top five last week too, didn't he? Uh, if he yeah, did, sure did, yeah, I think he did. So, uh, RFK, can we call it? Is RFK back? Is Roush yeah, back? Is uh, Roush back? back? I mean, you, it's, it's, you know, Denny Hamlin on his podcast kind of got, I think he got asked the question like, oh, was this surprising to you, um, to see, you know, Chris Pusher go back to back on wins? And he's like, well, no, he's like, we all know, you know, that he's a capable driver and that he's very talented, but you know, uh, coming from RFK and that organization standpoint and where they're at, like that is surprising. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where that team was to where it is now. I know we saw the writing on the wall two years ago um, and we, we've been kind of pumping their tires and, and keeping, you know, a, an eye on RFK. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's safe to say, they might be the best four team right now too. I think they might be the best four team yeah. right now. Like I, uh, besides Kevin Harvick, yeah, right now, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Logano scum finishes at the end, but he hasn't been talked about much. Hasn't been no. super fast lately. Blaney, Blaney hasn't been talked about. Thing. Austin Sindrick, uh, you know what I mean? Like you put them up against Brad and 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 Chris Busher. Like I, Brad and Chris Busher over the last you know, stretch of races have done significantly better in my eyes than, you know, the other four teams have. Stuart, it's sad. It's crazy to me. It's still crazy to me that you guys didn't even mention Stuart Haas there. You know what I mean? Like, like they used to be a top four team. Like they were the the A tier team. And now they're like, what? I don't want to call them a C tier, but a B tier. 
And, yeah. And it's even more surprising because right now Kevin Harvick is the, the highest uh, forward in points. He's sitting in fifth with 663 points. Brad Keselowski's in eighth with 651. And then Chris Buescher is in 11th with 639. Uh, the only Penske person in between those guys is Blaney sitting in 10th. And, uh, and Blaney has a win. Uh, Logano has one win on the season, I believe. Yeah, and, one win. And you know, Harvick hasn't won yet, but he's you know, Harvick's just consistent always. You oh, know, top ten all the time. He's yeah. just consistent. He really yeah. is. But like, man, I'm just blown away by RFK. And and like you said, Eric, you know, we kind of predicted this. We've been pumping their tires for two years now. Uh, I'm not surprised they won two races in a row. Am mm. I surprised they won it this this quickly? Since Brad, I mean. Two and a half seasons is a quick turnaround from Ryan Newman uh, riding in 15th every week. You know, no knock on Ryan Newman, but like the equipment wasn't there. And uh, man, what a what a change. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, listen, I'll, I'll kind of pick it up from there. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're back because we win two races in a row. Winning two races in a row in the Cup Series is not easy to do, and it's no it's no accident that that happens, right? So, like one time, if you get like a, a, a fan, a, somebody who doesn't like maybe Chris Busher, they say, "Ah, that was a fluke," right? But two in a row, like that's not a fluke. Like that is speed, that is talent, and uh, we saw him go face to face neck and neck with the fastest car that 19 on Monday, like yeah. easily we saw how easy Martin Truex was at passing cars and, and Busher outran him the last 50 laps. That's Martin Truex Jr. on that. a Monday too. Monday yeah, Martin's yeah. different, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. Taking MTJ out on a Monday. That's impressive yeah. <laughs> on its own, but he's winning on, on different types of tracks. Mm-hmm. Michigan is completely different than where he won at Richmond and where he won at Bristol. So like, he's he's capable anywhere he goes and and you look at these next races coming up he loves road course racing he is one of the best road course racers too so yeah holy shit look out for chris busher and rfk and let's go and let's it, go it's funny too a couple of years ago chris busher said like he's not good at road course racing and then you look at him in the next gen it's a completely different story uh i'm and I, i'm loving this story i'm curious to see how far the RFK cars go in the playoffs? Because you know Brad's going to point himself in if he doesn't win before that. He could win at Daytona. He could win it. Well, I, I wouldn't say he could win at any of these road courses because he's really struggled at the road courses uh, over the last few years. But man, I'm I'm just excited for the prospect of RFK. Do you guys want to jump into the race grades though, and then we'll break some more things down as we go. It's our NASCAR weekend race grade. All right. Uh, I think we started with Matt last week. So let's start with Eric for the race grades this week. All right. Um, I watched that race. Like you guys said, started Sunday, finished it. I was able to watch it at work on Monday. So um, I did catch the whole race. And let me tell you what. A plus plus I, I couldn't i couldn't put enough pluses at the end of this race yeah. um it, it this it had everything you wanted it had racing it had strategy it had pit road woes where you know I didn't you also it. had on the racetrack you just had straight up 
spins on your own because it these guys behind the wheel where they I think it was Denny Hamlin was talk, on edge like when you are a top contender in this sport you there is a razor thin line that you put your car on yeah. and some drivers are willing to go there and some other drivers aren't and this was one of those racetracks where there was that there was that fine line where in order to be fast you had to get real close to that line and man, did that put on for some good racing. The run some of these cars were having and the different strategies with the tires even blowing. It had everything that I want. And even, I know I said this in the beginning too, the numbers, the 26 lead changes among 16 drivers. Every time that that's happened, I looked back in my notes. Anytime there was multiple in the 20s and in the teens of drivers, been an a-plus race yeah when you get lead changes up front and you get multiple drivers doing it because that means you have good racing and you have a strategy so that's like a mixture to get to those numbers it feels like and and that is really what puts on great racing and uh you know the, the i know we talked about it last week a little bit how the playoff bubble didn't come into play um i was watching that this week that came into play they were oh, yeah. talking about that a lot more you had chase elliott um, you have Alex Bowman. You had uh, Daniel Suarez running well. You had these people on the on the cutoff that even Austin Sindrick up there running up front all day. So you saw the aggressiveness from some of these bubble drivers driving up front, and 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 that you felt that um, that lack of time left. You you're just like, oh man, there there's not much time. We have to go now. And I think some of these teams made some swings to really try to get their cars up front and stay up front with strategy. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Sucked that it had to get split. And, you know, the the crowds, the, the decent crowd for Monday came back. I will say that. But, um, you know, you always want to see that, that, that full grandstands packed and the race happened on Sunday. But for a Monday race, they've been... <laughs> They've been snooze fest because Martin Truex Jr. has absolutely dominated them, <laughs> and he almost did it again. But um, yeah, fellas, that was you give me that every week, and and I, I would be completely satisfied. Yeah, it was it was a great race. How about you, Matt? What did you think of it? I'm I'm right in line with Eric there. A plus, man. Uh, I loved everything I saw both Sunday and Monday, and like everything that Eric touched on. I'm I'm that's I had it all in my notes already, so I don't want to try to repeat anything. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this though, you know, it always sucks when, when a race gets pushed to Monday, right? Like it blows all, all three of us have had to deal with that numerous times with races that we've attended. Yeah. You know, you got to figure out your, your, your travel plans. You got to figure out, uh, first, am I staying? Am I going? Can I, can I actually figure out how to stay here? If I can, do I have to get a hotel? There's all the logistics that go behind the, the, the people at the, the racetrack having to go through it. It sucks, but it's, and before I go any further, it sucks for us, you know, at home too, because, Hey, we've got work on Monday. How are we going to make this work? Don't want to really take a day off for a race. Should I, should I not? There's all these things that are up in the air and it's hard. It makes it really hard for, for everyone involved, but I'll say this. It seems like the races on Monday are always so goddamn intense for whatever reason. Um, like Eric said, we had the passing, we had the strategies, we had what four guys that I think probably could have had cars capable of winning the race. Um, Chase Elliott, uh, uh, Kyle Busch, 
William Byron, and then even Alex Bowman got taken out, had a car that I think was capable of winning the race, all got taken out uh, throughout the race. So you had four four contenders get taken out as well, which 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 makes for for more intensity and, and more storylines. Um, you have the the, the, the sports most, most popular driver who had a chance to point his way in, now probably going to have to win one of the last three races to get in. That's a humongous storyline um, that, uh, again, I'll get into that in a little bit more into detail. But um, I loved it. And, and I guys, I, I, I try not to be prisoner of the moment. I told you guys the other day, but now I've had what? We've had over 24 hours to kind of take it all in and think about it, had a night of sleep to sleep on it and everything. Uh, I, I believe that this was, for me, this was the race of the year so far. And that battle for the win with Butcher versus Marty, the last 50 laps or whatever that was, was probably one of the best battles I've seen in the last five or 10 years for a race win. It was so exciting. Um, I, I couldn't look away. And and yeah, so A, a plus for me. I loved everything I saw. Not only- Matt, to your point, you know, uh, about the ending last week, if you listen to the show, I said that like it's. It's not that I hate the green white checkers we get at these races. Like we talked about these strategies and going green, how we wanted that to go green because we want to see the strategies work out. Yeah. We want to see them fight and track down and be the shark in the water going after that win. That's and, why we want to see it. And that is why we want to see it that way. And, and we finally got that, Matt. So yes, that is exactly uh, another reason why you could put the a plus to this race because it went clean it went green and we saw it all play out and that battle is why we want to watch those types of races play out and go green yeah i agree with everything you guys said i give it an a i didn't give it a plus it probably would have got a plus if my guy finished a little bit better uh especially (laughs) especially since he uh he jumped the winner of the race on pit road and then yep. uh, just d- disaster after. Um, but I agree. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it did get split up into two days. Um, honestly, I don't remember much about Sunday besides all of like the tire failures and stuff like that. The self spins and whatnot, uh, which made for a super interesting race, too, because then it threw a whole bunch of cautions into the whole entire mix. Uh, but man, that battle between MTJ and Chris Busher, uh just made it an A. Like that was... Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say it's like a race that we'll talk about for a long, long time, but like Matt said, it might be one of the best races of the year, uh, if not the best race of the year. And, and that battle lasted pretty much like the whole entire half of the third stage. Like we got our money's worth on Monday. There was, there was a battle, uh, between both Kyle's Kyle Larson and Kyle Bush at Chicagoland in 2018 or 2019. Yeah. I believe it was the famous slide job call. Slide job. That battle is always one that I I think about as far as a battle for the lead that I always come back to because they were banging, they were beaten. It was so exciting. It was, but that was only a couple laps, right? Yeah. This one as exciting, but it was longer. It was cleaner, but it was just as exciting. So like that just goes to show you if it's a battle for the lead, no matter what way, it gets it gets attacked whether it's clean whether it's it's dirty whether it's a short whether it's long if we have battles for the lead it's going to make the race more interesting and then the closer we get to the end it's more and more interesting and uh, I, th- I love it, man. I think that was what, 
I think what made that race great was we saw those types of battles throughout the day. I'm going to touch on one as my checkers. Uh, I don't want to jump the gun, though, but just uh, fucking that was a great race. It really was. Um, and I'll tell you what, you look at that, and that is what I will point back to when anyone tries to come at me and say about the Logano and Kenseth thing. Yeah. Because Logano could not pass Matt on his own. He couldn't get around him. I don't care. You cannot get around him, and he shoved him out of the way. I'll get, could have done the same thing. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll have an opportunity to talk about this in a second. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's the cue to jump into this week's. Three wide for the lead. One lap to go. It's this week's checkers and wreckers. All right. Since we started with Daytona Ron for the race grades, let's start with Matt for the checkers and wreckers. So Eric, you're just saying how, you know, how, how, you know, the, the cleaning, the clean end of the race was, was, was great. And, and again, I, I agree with that. So my checkers, first of all, is it's going to go to MTJ and not because he had a fast car and not because he's our points leader and not because he's back next year. Like guys, MTJ oh, is back next year. That's, yeah. that's exciting as well, but he's getting my checkers because of how he raced Chris Busher at the end of that race. Yeah. Uh, he could have, Wrote him up into the fence like one of his teammates is known to do. Yep. Uh, but he raced him super clean. Um, you know, he had a couple times to pretty much run him up into the fence that we've seen in the past. Not only not only his teammate, but others in the past have done it. Um, and at the end of the race, no one's really going to blame him because, uh, you know, the old saying, hey, you're going for a win. But he raced him clean. He didn't have to. He didn't. He couldn't pass him. Chris Busher was the faster car. That 17 had it. Marty, Marty even went so far as even checking up yeah. real bad that one time, which is probably what ended up causing him to win. But he he did it. He, he couldn't do it. He couldn't pass him clean, so he couldn't pass him. And that's, I believe, how it should be when you're coming down to the, to the race win. And, uh, yeah, I just – that was the class – Eric, you, you sent us a snap after the race, and, and you said it perfectly, man. That was the – he was the class of the field. Like, that's – anyone – any of these young guys – should go back and watch that. That's how you handle the end of a race. If you can't pass them clean, then you're not going to pass them. Don't ruin that guy's day and that team's day who worked all week and month on that car so hard. Don't go ruin their day because that's the only way you can pass them. Like if you can't beat them straight up, then don't, that's it. That's the answer. You, you can't beat them. Don't be and a he Denny. He did go for that move. He did go for that move that Denny, that Kyle mm-hmm. Larson would always do where yeah. you dive bomb to the inside, yep. you know, your car's not going to make it because you just overdrove the turn yep. and you wash up and eight is better than four. And the minute that MTJ felt that he was not going to make the turn and he was going to wash up the 17, he let off yeah. because he knew he wasn't going to make it. He knew if I don't let off here, I'm wrecking myself and I'm wrecking the 17 or he could have stayed in the throttle, used the 17 to straighten himself out, but force him into the wall, and MTJ could have got the win, but he didn't. And that I that is something that should be replayed every week from this point going forward, and it should be in every driver's meeting. That should be in every hauler for every race car driver, dirt, late model, I don't care what it is. That is how you race somebody at the end, even going for a win. Yeah. And I don't want to hear the bullshit from people like, okay, that's fine. You can race clean, but you're never gonna win a you're never gonna win a title. Like, dude, MTJ's been racing clean his whole career and he has a title. So like I don't want to hear that part of it. 
He could have had two if he raced a little dirtier, though, against Logano. Oh, saying. this guy. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. No, uh, I, I can. Coming from a Reddick fan, that makes a lot of sense. Listen, Re- <laughs> listen Reddick is super clean, too. He just, uh, he makes he makes boneheaded he mistakes. He wrecks himself. He, he wrecks himself. He, he, yeah. he doesn't wreck a lot of people, but damn sure he knows how to spin himself out and destroy a race car. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, chase. Man, anyways, uh, no, just class act from Marty. How about your, uh, how about your wreckers, though? Well, I just said it. So does Chase. Chase knows how to wreck them all by himself, too. I mean, I know his tire went down. Nothing he could do about that. But uh, it's just a shame. So my, my records is, you know, I'm listen, I'm the homer. I, I try to stay away from from the nine from the nine team wrecking them and giving them the checkers. But I, I just felt like this this week I have to, you know, they're in such a good position to really just point their way in. They're, they're coming up on a couple of road courses here. Um, they, they really had a good opportunity and, and it just, it just hasn't been their year, man. It just, and it sucks, but it, it is what it is. All, all of it was self-inflicted too, right? Like Chase broke his leg skiing. That's that self-inflicted or snowboarding, whatever it was. Uh, he wrecks Denny and, and then, and then, you know, on purpose that's self-inflicted. So just, just, it's been a long season, you know, but again, I'm not going to do the woe was me thing. I got to see my driver win a championship. That's a lot, a lot more than a lot of people can say, you know, I, I lived my whole life as a Dale jr. Fan, not seeing him win, win a championship. So um, I, I, I've been lucky being a chase fan, but it just sucks seeing, seeing this team go through that. And uh, now they're going to have to win. And, and, you know, again, we have two road courses coming up back to back Watkins Glen, probably his best track, which is all great and well, but uh but uh, I would say probably a good third of the of the of the field has now become really good at road course racing. Like you used to be able to point at Chase Reddick, maybe Martin Truex, and a guy here or there. You might have had four or five guys that are really good at road course racing, where where you could point at them and say one of those five is probably going to win. Dude, we probably have what a dozen guys now that can go out there and win this one in either one of these road courses coming up. So. Nothing's guaranteed, especially the way he's right. He's driving and, and the luck he's had. And, and like I said, this the self-inflicted wound. So I'm officially hitting the panic button. Yeah. Big time. I'm oh. officially hitting the panic button. I, I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine if you told me back in February um, that Chase is going to miss the playoffs. I would have called you crazy. And, and here we are. It's, it's a realistic possibility. And, uh, you know, here we go. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, thank God I, I love the sport enough where I can kind of look past it. If that's the point that we get to where Chase doesn't make it, I can still, you know, I, I can still enjoy the race, but the, the racing um, and, and all the other storylines, but it just, it sucks. So yeah, man, HMS is a hole over there. Just, yeah. just, just not, you know, we're, we're used to slick Willie two clocks, not having a good summer, yeah. um, which that's kind of happening again with him. Um, fast cars, but you know, getting into the wall, you know, slipping up, riding that razor thin line, um, you know, you saw Alex Bowman, he's on that cutoff in the, from 20th, you know, on down needing good points days up running in the front, having a good day. And then it goes to shit as well. So, um, yeah, HMS as a whole, they, they, they kind of have to, they have to get it together before the playoffs here. And, uh, to your point, oh shit, I forgot to, at the top of the show, want to give a shout out to Charlie Warner. Uh, he was at the Michigan race, uh, long time, uh, friend of the show. And he's also a Chase fan. That's what made me think about it. But like, if you're a Chase fan, Monday. 
Let's go. Yeah. Uh, stay till Monday. Let us know if you stayed. Yeah. Charlie. Oh yeah, yeah. Let us know, Charlie, if you did stay. Yeah, Charlie. Let us know if you stayed. Uh, hope you enjoyed the race, even though uh, Chase is man, just uh, just a rough season. But like, like you said, if I'm a Chase fan, I'm hitting the panic button. Not only because we have three races coming up, but like he used to be a lock on road courses. Yep. He hasn't won a race uh, in the next gen on a road course yet. And like you said, we've seen so many guys coming up. I'm picking later on first in our betting segment. I have no idea who I want to go with because there's so many guys that could win at this indie road course. There's so many guys that could win at Watkins Glen in two weeks. Uh, I hope for, I hope for the chase fans, chase Elliott gets one of these wins. Cause uh, I, I, I think it's bad for the sport. If he does, if your most popular driver doesn't make the playoffs either, you know, um, but man, just, uh, just a panic, panic mode. I don't know how, panic, uh, panic button's been hit. yeah, I don't know how Larson ended up uh, getting himself a top five at Michigan either, because he was struggling a lot of the day too. Um, I'm Green not... flag cycle at the end. He came out, he waited out long. He was same thing with EJ. They waited long, waited long, waited till, you know, the lap times in the perfect time to not catch lap traffic to come and pit. Yeah. Um, they ended up at, his car was a little bit faster, obviously, than than the forty three was. But the forty three actually had a fast car. Yeah, um, he did. But him and him and um, I think it was EJ at the end. I'm like, oh, they're on the same strategy. But they won. They pit it like one right after another. He came out sixth, and EJ came out like fourteenth and had a race up to tenth. Yeah. And Larson raced up to what you know what I mean. So like the pit crews too kind of had probably a little something to do. But yeah, it was it was those late uh, green flag stops that that leapfrog Larson up there. Yeah. Cause if it wasn't for that man, like Hendrick as a whole at Michigan, just struggling Hendrick as a whole struggling last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they get it together by the playoffs. Usually they do though. We, we saw the same thing with slick Willie two clocks last summer. And then uh, we get to Darlington and it was lights out from there. Like he was doing great for the rest of the playoffs uh, until he got knocked out. I think in what the eighth round or something like that. But uh, how about you? Are you done Matt? Right. You're done. That's with it. That? Yep. Okay. How about you, Eric? What's your checkers and records for the weekend? Um, my checkers goes to Ty Gibbs. Um, sitting on the cutoff line on the bubble, and he he's been running there all season. And yeah, you know this is his rookie year, and you know he, he his teammates Toyota, you know, great great drivers, you know, getting wins and multiple wins. And, you know, he, he's just there chugging along and, and, and not making a lot of noise, but just completing races, keeping the car clean and coming away with solid finishes at the end of these races. And in the last four or five weeks, he has done, you know, tremendous while the other people around him have faltered. So he's taking advantage of that by just racing clean. He's not trying to win, not trying to do too much to gain those points but you know came home p11 at michigan which is a tough racetrack we saw the most talented drivers in the world spinning and overdriving their cars and not being able to to control it and you know it, this it, he's right there in the playoffs now he's plus three in the playoffs now over the next coming three weeks the people that are on the bubble with him last season in those races he scored the least amount of points than those other drivers he's going against. So I'm curious to see, will he be able to keep that calm and cool demeanor, let the other drivers falter, and he just keeps skating on through because that 34, 
And that 99, the 34 to bad day, you know, he, he really, really did not need that day that he had. Yeah. Um, but the 99 took advantage. Now the 99 was doing bad the last couple of weeks. He needed this really bad. He came really in sixth. Did. He really jumped. That was his best points day since I think like Fontana in like week two or three of the season. So, you know, Suarez, when the time comes and he needs to be there, he's stepping it up. And he's another one on these road courses that that has a legit shot to, to win the race. So you have McDowell could possibly win. You have Suarez that could possibly win. And even if they falter, you have Ty Gibbs, who he's running in the top 10, top 15. He could just, over these next three weeks, point his way to safety almost. Yeah. If, if these other guys falter, wrecking in the front to go for a win. Um, to me... It's just night and day, Ty Gibbs from from last year and 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 who he was and how he was as a racer to who he is now. Um, man, it it is it is light years of difference, and, and we are actually seeing you know a really good race car driver develop in front of us. So I, I had to give a shout out in his rookie year, battling on the cutoff line and keeping his composure. Ty Gibbs, absolutely insane. Uh, you know, just for his age, just for his age and inexperience. Uh, I, man, when he, when he started in the Xfinity series, obviously lights out fast in that all-star car, uh, won a whole shit ton of races and then backs it up with a championship the next year. I'm like, yeah, but are you rushing him to cup too soon? No, you're not because rookies don't rookies don't point themselves into the playoffs. Again, he's on the cutoff line. He's plus three right now. But he's got a strong possibility, and you look at the company he's keeping. Like, man, uh, and and he's doing it quietly. He's doing it quietly and consistently. He's not making enemies on the track. He's not overdriving his car. He's doing everything a rookie needs to do. And at 20, 21 years old, I'm not exactly sure how old he is right now. But, man, are we looking at a generational talent? in front of our eyes like it's impressive and, yeah and, and that's what i mean about like his you know his agent just the 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 quick turnaround that he was able to recognize that he was doing wrong recognize that in order to be who he needs and wants to be in this sport yeah um you you have to clean up some things and he and he cleaned it up quick which which that is it's very impressive and you know we we've talked our our fair share of shit oh yeah um, but, absolutely you know, yeah. We, we also, you know, are able to to see and 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 accept the change when 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 it's noticeable. And and this is one where I had to pull the you know pull, pull his name out of the hat and be like, you know what, you you've you've impressed me. You're you're kind of uh, you tip the scales the other way for me yeah. at this point. I know I know a lot of people were like, oh, silver spoon. Like, of course they give it to Austin Dillon. Uh, they were giving it to him uh, when he was in the Xfinity series. Silver spoon, grandpa's money, all this stuff. But like. The kid's got the talent to back it up and you can't buy that. You can't, you can't buy that kind of talent, you know, like, I don't know, just, uh, just really great stuff out of, out of Ty Gibbs. I agree. Uh, how, how about your records? What's your records for the weekend? Um, my records goes to Christopher Bell. Um, light, it, it light speed car he had. I mean, yeah. he, the last couple of weeks, just absolute rocket ships, just like his Toyota teammate, mm-hmm. the 45. Christopher Bell seems to come to the racetrack with either the fastest or the second fastest behind the 45 as far as speed across the charts go. Their cars dialed in the balance, the long run speed, the short run speed. It's all been there. Um, But 
Christopher Bell just seems to get caught up in some stuff. And, you know, it's it's not a good time for that. I mean, this is when Christopher Bell, you just kind of see him turn it on, come to playoffs, you know, when he did that cutoff. Like, is this setting up for another, you know, haymaker that he needs to pull out of his ass to to, to continue on and make it in the playoffs? Or, you know, if, if in my eyes, I know you have fast cars, but it's those little things. And Whitey, I know you could touch on this where those are the ones that just annoy and irk you. Yeah. It's it's I would rather be slower and be 10th place car, but still could find speed, you know, but they have the speed. It's those little things that are ruining this, the, these Toyota camps, as far as even you could say they've all had their issues. Um, I'm gone pit road, getting on pit road, off of pit road. It just seems um they're they're being plagued with with these little little things that that absolutely ruin their races and and takes away the fact that they are building absolute rocket ships over there at Toyota and, and and they're not getting the finishes out of it and and that's allowing the Logano's and, and those people that you don't see during the race because they're not fast um once the fast cars wreck out I even texted I'm like Eric Jones is a legit shot to win this race just because the four fastest fucking cars yeah. just wrecked out I go well, there goes some of the competition. Yeah. That is what the Ford camp and some of these other drivers have been doing all year. Just let those guys up front wreck and just be too fast for their own good. And, you know, I just think Toyota needs to maybe have a little meeting and be like that razor thin line. We're, we're going way over that. We need to, we need to bring that back down here and start finishing races. Yeah. We're getting cut by the razor really, really badly. Uh, and, and like you said, man, Rocket ships for Toyota week yeah. in week out rocket ships. Uh, I do have to give Christopher bell and his crew do though. Uh, they did finish in 13th. Uh, it was, I know, I know I'm wrecking them for what they did, but, but it's just it the body of it for all. them to come back. Like to just that car was, it was, it looked like it should have been totaled and he came back. So that, but I'm, that's what I'm talking about. If you don't do that, you win you, that race. You the won. 20 wins that race. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Absolutely. Come on, with, with that speed to drive up to 13th with a mangled car, you are winning that race because he had that speed. Oh, <sighs> it's just disappointing, especially in my part, fantasy-wise. You know, I want to play the 45 coming up. I oh, want to yeah. play the yeah. 20. But when when, when they're all wrecking them. and smashing into the wall, I can't Whoa. trust them. Yeah. No, I, I played I played Christopher Bell this week. Thankfully, he got himself uh, in a good position. But, like, I, I feel like half my fantasy lineup, Fucking wrecked out this week, and it just—it's miserable. It's miserable. Uh, my guy, pit road woes once again. I, and again, Reddick makes his fair share of mistakes too throughout the season. Like he's not, but like how many losses or just how many wins have they thrown away on pit road? You know that was one of them on Monday. Like Tyler oh, Reddick, yeah. like, Tyler Reddick easily could have won that, that race. You know, um, I love the sport of NASCAR because there is so that many pit variables. Road factor. There's so much that is involved, not just that guy behind the wheel. And, you know, (laughs) you don't really hear Reddick get that fiery underneath the radio. And, man, did he let them them boys have it. I mean, if you watch those pit stops, too, like he motioned to the Jackman. Come back back. up and I I didn't get it. And And then but he left the guy that motioned it. The jet man was coming back and the tire changer left. That was so, bizarre. Yeah, tire changer was, was like, I don't know what was happening. And, yeah. then, and then when the, they're pitting under green after it's already loose and the, like, did you see, they're just standing there. They can't get the tire back on. Like what the fuck is going on? 
Anyways, uh, thankfully, I missed that part at work. I was loading a Canada truck, and uh, I was, <laughs> I came back. I'm like, man, what happened to Wreck? Three labs down, did he wreck out? No, I went to Twitter. Thankfully, the the battle between Busher oh, and, and MTG. Oh, man. That's all right. Oh, you want to what? Uh, honorary Wreckers, uh, the, the girls that sang the Canadian National Anthem at the Michigan race, uh, started out a little shaky, ended well, but man, it was rough in the beginning. Uh, I don't know if the TV broadcast played that. I was listening on the radio I, at that I point. I didn't catch it. Anyways, uh, my checkers and wreckers, um, my checkers goes to, and I feel, I feel bad checkering, not the winner. Uh, because this will be the second one for Martin Truex Jr. Uh, for passing, not even uh, the lead, but for the second stage win. I don't know how many cars he passed during green to catch up and win on a different tire strategy, different pit strategy, uh, where tires really didn't matter in terms of speed. Just goes to show you how fast that fucking car was. And then uh, to win it at the line against Chris Busher for stage two, like that battle was amazing. Uh, no, he battled with Daniel Suarez at the end oh, of that was, stage because uh, Suarez needed those points. It was. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's it was why Suarez. Suarez threw a huge block on Truex, but Truex knew the block was coming, skated to the inside, yeah. used that draft of the block to actually edge him out. It was absolutely sick last I, I forgot about that. So, and like the coolest thing in the world, too, was like there was like five or six laps left in that stage. And Marty was already like on, like on his trajectory like, forward. And like I think it might have been Lamar, or, or one of the guys up in the NBC booth said that, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to make it all the way up to the front by the end of this stage. He, he's probably going to run out of time, but man, what a run this was. It was Rick and Allen. Thing you know, it's like, Oh my God, he just won the stage. Like he actually made it all the way up. Like that was one of the most outside of like a race finish. That was one of the most impressive things I've seen this season by, by a single car. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Rick Allen was, was talking the single most impressive thing that I've seen hands yeah. down. So again, yeah. I'm watching this whole thing at my desk. Uh, my supervisor is off and I'm filling in for her. So I'm like, I'm, I'm holding up her workload too. And uh, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just like, biting my nails because Rick Allen has me interested because he was mentioning it like oh man look at all these spots Martin Truex Jr. is making up uh, he even said it's six to go I think he had three seconds to make up he goes there's no way he's going to catch him but man what an impressive run and even like Steve Letard's like yeah, yeah I don't know it's at a certain point it's like do you really want to push this hard at the end of the stage? Like you don't want to mess up your car or anything. And then he goes on to fucking win it. And I'm like sitting at my desk and go, Holy shit. And like the two people that I share an office with, they look up, they're like, y'all right, deal. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Monday NASCAR race, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, dude, that's the thing. Like, he was on the same strategy as Eric Jones. So they both came out together and then all of a sudden it's just boom, boom. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Just and you're just watching guys. them pick people up. And you know, at that same time though, to your point, Whitey, other crew chiefs are radioing in and, and spotters too were being like, Hey, enough, quit racing yeah. in 13th because when this cycles through. We're gonna leapfrog them. Don't race those guys too it was hard. Denny Hamm. Because Denny, Denny, got the yeah. And it's like just slow, relax. And then here's Marjorie Jr. who pitted, didn't have to, <laughs> he was already gonna get jumped and be up front. He says, fuck, fuck this, this, dude. I am going through. <laughs> and he passed everybody in that same strategy, drove through the field in one stage two. For him not to win that race just goes to show how far RFK 
has made it. Yeah. And 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 how good of a driver Chris Busher has become to hold off a Monday. Martin Truex Jr. Jr. Where that car is going to the R and D and might get nabbed for something bad. Yeah. That's how fast it was yeah. to hold that car off. All hats off to the winner too, Whitey. I I know they took Larson to the R and D center. Did they take Martin Truex Jr. to the R and D center if too? They didn't if they didn't? Oh. Let me let me see if I can find that. Let <laughs> me see if I can find out. I, they had to have. If they no one tweeted that. They they posted all the stats yeah. from stage two from every race car. It was a full second, I think, like faster than anybody. It's insane. And like if if they didn't take that car to the R and D center, Gibbs is paying off NASCAR at this point yeah. because like that car was insane. Uh and but again, to your point, don't want to take away from Chris Bush or what he did to fend off that that Martin Truex Jr. car in that run, man, uh in the third stage. Just absolutely amazing. My wreckers um kind of so I didn't want to be a homer, so I wasn't. Uh, you guys know my real records. But my other records is uh, those extra caution laps at the beginning of the start on Monday. Uh, there were some guys that had a pit due to fuel strategy. They were going to run out before the end of the stage. And uh, some guys are going to have to pit by the end of the stage. And just because they ran so many laps under yellow, they saved too much gas. Kind of kind of took away some of that strategy away from us, uh, which I, I kind of wish we got to see. Because um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just think it would have been interesting. There was rain, though. That's the thing. They had they to had keep it to, under yeah. yellow. Like, it's not like they just ran. I'm like, okay, because they're, you know, yeah. dilly dallying it and just, okay, we didn't go green yet. It, it, no. There was, there was, I think it was turn one. Yeah. I think there was, there was some shot, there was some sprinkles or something coming over. So you're doing 200 miles an hour at Michigan. They, you know, and it's the start of the second day. Like, yeah. It, it, it did ruin. You don't but wanna, like, ah, What do you do? You don't want a repeat of Daytona last year. I totally no. get the reasoning. I just wish that we could have seen that part of the strategy play out because at that point it was getting really strategic and and I was. But I don't it. think it really would have mattered because at nineteen would have blew up everyone's everyone. Strategy everyone, anyway. everyone, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the reason why it was uh, the reason really I was mad was because Reddick uh, uh, pitted. For for tires after giving up the lead and because they needed gas and they they would have cycled out to the front anyways. Uh, Matt, what what do you have for us? The uh, the according to Jim Otter, the number five and twenty two will return to the R and D center for inspection. The five, the ninety nine, the twenty two, and the twenty three will go to the R and D center for engine dyno, and then the seven and sixteen will go to the uh, wind tunnel. So no, the nineteen. Did not wow. get called to the R and D. That is a Money shock. Money talks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a shocker. Um. But yeah. Just uh. Well, you want to what? Maybe it's just maybe it's just Toyota's body is that much better. You know, we've talked about Ford's woes uh, at tracks that aren't Daytona and Super Speedways. Uh. And uh, now Michigan too. Maybe Toyota is just yeah, a lot of arrow there. Yeah, maybe Toyota is just so good at arrow, like because all the Toyotas were fast. Like all of them were fast. They just all had their issues. Like at some point, I thought Bubba could won won that race. Right. I thought Denny could have won that race. Martin Truex Jr. obviously could have won that race. I thought uh, early on Christopher Bell could have won that race, and of course uh, Tyler Reddick could have won the race. Like all the Toyotas were lights out fast uh, at Michigan. So yeah. maybe it's just is an it? arrow deal. Is it time we we start giving James Small his flowers? 
Because the 19 is the fastest car out there week in and week oh, out. Yeah. 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 Definitely uh definitely yeah. a championship favorite. Of course, you know, the champ the playoffs are long though. With yeah. 10 races. Yeah. You know, so a lot can happen, man. A lot can happen in 10 races. Uh I thought He's that one driver that could win anywhere at any racetrack, and yeah. like they've had speed everywhere. So, like, <laughs> you know, that that and, and the veteran mentality too helps i think like you see like going through like people that have been there been through playoffs been yeah. in the sport for a long time tend to have a better you know run and deeper you know into the playoffs so uh man uh to here here's the thing though here's the thing one mistake on pit road 2019 martin truex jr homestead i thought he had the car to beat guess what happens they put the lefts on the right side and the rights on the left yeah. side you know, yeah. something as stupid as that, you know, Man. so you never give me, you, give, me, give me Homestead back as my championship race. God, oh my, damn how, it. how, how good is Homestead Miami Speedway? Oh, I, it, it would don't even get me. So I can't even believe that, that, that it's going back to Phoenix. I just can't can do yeah. guys is just what Homestead's the second to last race. Yeah. Call the champion there. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say we could just stop watching. Like we'll just make that. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. well, um, well, we have we have listeners. Uh, we have we have the do duty to uh, to true. break down Martinsville and uh, and Phoenix. But uh, guys, that's all I really have uh, for this week. I didn't do a lot of race notes just because um, I was in and out of the race. I missed a lot of stuff. I didn't have I have much to add. I think we covered pretty much all of the the really fast guys and like the major moves of the race. Well, we do have another incident with Corey LaJoy. Him and Blaney had a little word. Oh, so I I missed that at first. So uh, what what happened? Um, he put he put LaJoy right or LaJoy put him right into the wall, kind of right. He Corey LaJoy him ran out of talent once again, and you know washed the twelve up, and the twelve came back down on him, and he, he even wiggled again afterward and got back up. Like he just. It just was. It just looked like someone that didn't know what they were doing behind the wheel of a race car, um, and Blaney just being like, "What is this fucking idiot doing every week? Like, yeah. what are you doing?" You know? That's like literally what. That's literally what he said on the radio. Like, what? What is this fucking guy doing? Yeah. So uh, yeah, another uh, another Corey LaJoy incident. Uh, we talked about it during uh, the Pocono post race show too. Austin so. ran. He ran hard and aggressive too. I got to give him credit. Like I said, those bubble guys, they were up front running aggressively. Um, you know, you saw both track house cars in, in the top 10 with, with Ross finishing in, in, in seventh position. So uh, is track house gaining a little momentum going into the playoffs? And, and, and is this something that will, you know, kick, kick them in the ass a little bit because they, they've been struggling. Here's a stat for you. Chris Busher has more wins in a next gen car than Ross Chastain does. Yeah. How about that? What is, yeah, you know, that, that? that's the thing. Track house has all the potential to win every week. They, they could go out there and win. I just don't know what's going on with them right now. I really don't. And, and I feel like the same thing kind of happened to, uh, to Ross they, last year too. They don't have speed though. You know, like it's different with like Reddick and, and Bubba and, yeah. and you know, the, the Chris Rebell the stuff. Toyotas like, are just so there. fast. Tra yeah. Yeah. Track house. Like they're, they're, they're lacking whatever little, uh, that they had on the field as of last year and, and even to, to the start of the year. Um, but that's what happens. You know, this next-gen car, we all said it. You know, you get these guys, uh, engineers, these lead car chiefs, you get their hands all over this 
this car for more than a year, going on two years now. Mm -hmm. um, the best of the best and those minds, they're going to they're gonna catch up and they're going to find out what you were doing. Then you'll leapfrog. Then, so the Fords are hot now. Yeah. Guess what? The Chevy camp, they're going to figure out what the Fords and Toyota are doing to gain speed on them. They'll figure it out as well. It's just, it's a cycle that happens in the sport. When one team seems to figure it out, takes a little while for everyone to catch up. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hoping Trackhouse. Well, like you said, with the nine, not in the playoffs is going to hurt the sport. Um, so you know, you hope Trackhouse could stick with that speed yeah. and, and success, and it stays there because those two drivers and, and owner is really really good for the sport of NASCAR. No, for sure. Like you want to see them uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, Ross Chastain has a win on the season. We're we're hoping Daniel Suarez could get a win, and he's a very competent road course racer too. In his own right, right. his first win was at Sonoma. Uh, maybe he could do it at Indy this week and uh, and blow up those playoffs because right now he's negative five outside looking in. The cut line is going to be insane, dude. It this is. is this these next three weeks is really where like there's there, it's only within like fifteen. Points, I think like five different drivers so, are within that. So like there's going to be a, over the next three weeks, there's like five, six cars that are going to be battling it pretty hard. So Gibbs is three points in McDowell's three points out. Suarez is five points out. Almondinger is 24 points out. And then Bowman is 44 points out. So Almondinger, Suarez and McDowell, all fantastic road course racers. All right. could win in the next two races and knock Gibbs right out. Uh, really shake things up. If two of them win, knock Bubba out. And then you have uh, Kevin Harvick and uh, and Kozlowski on the cut line going into Daytona. If you get a, a new winner at Daytona like last year, you, you see a repeat of last year. And to your point too, Eric, you know, like you said, like, we see a cycle where, you know, Toyotas get hot, the Chevys, the Fords. Sometimes that goes month to month. So who knows what could happen in the next couple of weeks? You know, um, I think the Toyotas are going to stay real strong, but you never know what's going to happen with, with some of these Chevy teams too. Like, especially the road courses, all the beating and banging. You never know what kind of accidents could happen. Who gets taken out? Who, who uh, locks their brakes up and smashes into a tire barrier next couple of weeks, especially at Daytona going to be fucking insane. I think we're, we're in for a good stretch boys. Don't rule out Bo um Cindric and Elliot there as well as as yeah. as two guys. Oh, yeah. they're close too. They're right there. Yeah, like any one of the next three races. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just I was just looking at the lower four guys that could take the the four open spots in the playoffs right now. It, yeah, I mean anything can happen over these next three races. I'm so I'm fired up. I'm fucking fired up, boys. That's We're in a good stretch. Like this next and. You know, I'm glad that they touched on it a lot, but, you know, going into these next two races, I'm not watching Eric Jones. No, I'm, I'm following the 99. I'm following the 34. I'm following the nine, the 16. I'm following the 54, 23, those bubble drivers. Yeah. That's that is, I hope NBC, I hope they kind of have a little bit they, of, they a, of a mentality yeah. to kind of just, cause these next two races, all those bubble drivers are so good on road courses too, yeah. which it makes it even more exciting. These next couple of weeks here, boys, we are in for some doozies of races. I feel like the aggression Jesus level, says. Matt, you're not the only one to hit the panic button. Those other drivers we just talked about, they're all hitting, they're hitting that the panic, panic button. button. Oh so yeah. When, when you have that, that, to me, that screams 
uh, rain in the distance type yeah. of racing. Uh, dude, I was mentality. just going to say, uh, um, we're getting <laughs> rain in the distance for the next three races. Everyone's yep. going to be on yep. edge trying to get it. I'm so And we may excited. actually have rain in the distance. <laughs> and, and, and we have rain tires 100%. at two of the next three tracks. Rain tires so, at Indy, rain tires at Watkins Glen. Yeah. Uh, we're rebranding for the 2024 season. Our podcast is going to be called Rain in the Distance. Wow. That's, <laughs> I mean, that that is a good uh, uh, NASCAR and meteorological uh, podcast. Maybe we'll do the, the local on the eights, do a little weather channel stuff. Uh, <laughs> but boys, man, I'm, I'm getting fired up on a Tuesday. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight uh, thinking about all this racing we have. Uh, but here on the Bumper Run Podcast, everyone loves to talk about the winner, uh, one Chris Busher on a Monday or a Tuesday, or we'll talk about the second place guy, Martin Truex Jr. some more. But here on the Bumper Run Podcast, we like to talk about the guy who came in last. We touched on him earlier, Kyle Busch. He just lost it on lap 14, knocked down the wall. Just a frustrating day for the eight team. Frustrating day for old Whitey because I picked him to win this race this week and, uh, Boys, our picks yeah, have not been doing well. When he wrecked out, like his interview was was hilarious too. Like that was a that was a pissed off Kyle Busch. That was a classic like, Kyle Busch interview. Bar, and he just he wanted nothing to do with that interview. Nope. Absolutely nothing to do with it. No, that's a Kyle Busch we haven't seen in a long, long time since last season. So and going into the playoffs, you I don't know if anyone wants to see that Kyle Busch. You an angry, pissed off, wanting to like get up to the front, Kyle Busch. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, dude! I know, I love it. I, I'm, I'm so like, excited. Like, I wish, like, I wish this was like a seat, like, like you know, you could binge. I wish I could just binge the Keep rest of the season it. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh man, the 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 anticipation is palpable. But we are heading to Indy. Trucks on track at Lucas Oil Raceway Park Friday night, 9 p.m. on FS1 for the T-Sport 200. Xfinity on track at the Indy Road Course Saturday, 5.30 on USA for the Pennzoil 150 presented by Advanced Auto Parts. Cup on track at the Indy Road Course Sunday, 2.30 on NBC for the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. Uh, We made some picks. I told you I picked Kyle Busch to win at Michigan, he got me one point. Uh, Eric, you picked Joey Logano to win. He got you 27 points. And Matt, you picked Kevin Harvick to win. He got you 29 points. So, fellas, I pick first. Eric picks second. And Matt picks third. <sighs> Who do I pick? Who? I've got a guy in my head. Yeah. Um, Dude, I want to... <sighs> I want to say he's going to go back to back, win two years in a row, and Tyler Reddick is in victory lane. But right now, I don't trust him as a driver, his crew as a crew. Either one of them is going to fuck it up. But now that I said that, he's going to win, so I'm going to pick Tyler Reddick to win. I got faith in my boy. Give it to me, please. Give me that win. I like that. Give me that I like that. I like that, buddy. You got to keep that confidence up. Go in, you know, little miscues. Let that happen now. You know, he's in, he has that win. I like that way. I, I really do. They're going to um, be looking to make up for this past week. I think, I think everyone got an ass chewing at uh TRD this week. Who are you going with Eric? Um, you know, I, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it real here. And I'm going to go with one of the guys that 
is known to have a crew chief that pushes the strategy limits, kind of tries some wild moves because they never really have the speed to win races. They kind of have to go eh, off sequence, wild strategy. But with this next-gen car, the speed's been there. Um, and road course, I would call him one of the, one of the good ringers and, 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 you know, to watch that cutoff bubble, I'm going with Michael McDowell in the 34 car. I like it. I like it. I a thought lot. about him. I thought about him and I, and I juggled between him and the guy I actually ended up landing on. You guys didn't take him. So I'm going to throw guys, you know, stat man, Matt, I'm going to throw a little stat at you. I've got a trend. Eric, you just said you wish this was a season you can binge watch. Well, I've got the spoiler alert for this next episode here at Indy Road Course. I know who the winner is going to be. So I've had four exactos this year, which means I've had four correct uh, um, um, predictions on who's going to win the race. Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, and Kyle Busch. Yeah. Well, we're going to go ahead and take Kyle Busch out and replace him with the guy who replaced him in real life. We're going to go ahead and uh, put no in the other way. The fourth Joe Gibbs racing driver. And I'm going to go with <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Let's go. I Let's go. Playoff like bubble drivers. I, like I love it. it. I like it. Is it a long shot? I think so. Get in that bet. Now, while the odds are good, because if he qualifies well, they'll they'll jump up and and you won't make as much money. I like it. I really do. And sneaking people, the the NBC crew has been talking about him more and more every week. The people have been picking him. It's going to happen eventually, right? We talked about earlier. He he's got that raw talent. He's going to start winning races. He he's the next generational talent that I think everyone thinks that. And he's he's good at road courses, and he's only getting better. And he, he, he I just, I, I just have the, a feeling that Ty Gibbs gets it done this weekend. He, he's been running Last couple super weeks in my fantasy. Too. He's been my garage guy because yeah. I've just seen so much potential, and I'm like, he's a guy that like I have so many starts left for. He's running consistent top ten, top fifteens, and, and some weeks that's all you need. He, he finished ninth at Coda earlier in the year. He had a stretch of nice ninths and 10th places uh, earlier in the uh, year. Uh, 18th at Sonoma, not the best. Fifth at Pocono. I treat Pocono as a road course, uh, and, and I put a lot of stock into that. And of course, look at his Xfinity stats, too, at road courses, man. He's got a couple really wins good. in the Xfinity series on road courses. So Really good. And like you said, the NBC guys have been talking about him a little bit here and there. We've been talking about him a little bit here and there. We kind of said we, we sang his praises earlier in the show. Uh, I like it. I, I finally played him in fantasy this past week uh, for the first time. Uh, I trusted him. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the same thing. I played him for the first time this, I or maybe the second time all season. I, I finally had enough trust in him. And yeah, it's another spoiler. I'm going to play him this week. I just, I, I have that. I have a lot of faith in Ty Gibbs this week. I, I, I like it. I really do. We're 23 races into the 2023 season and we have 12 different winners locked into the playoffs. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. Kyle Bush, William Byron, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, uh, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, and Chris Buescher all have wins on the cutoff line. Kevin Harvick, 180 to the good. Brad Kozlowski, 168 to the good. Bubba Wallace, 58 to the good. And Ty Gibbs, 3 to the good. 
Outside looking in, Michael McDowell, minus three. Daniel Suarez, minus five. AJ Allmendinger, minus 24. And Alex Bowman, minus 44. Can any of those guys win their way in in the next couple races? We will find out. Can Tyler Reddick and his crew put together a race and get a win? Can Ty Gibbs get his first win of his career as a rookie nonetheless? Or will Michael McDowell kick that cut line in the dick and win his way in? No worries about points. We will see this weekend, Sunday, 2.30 on NBC for the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard and I hope we break it down on Monday. It might be another Tuesday show. We never know. But for now, for Matt the Statman Riley, for Eric Daytona Ron, I'm Michael D. White saying have a good night. The bump and run. There it is.